you know that thing when something that you would normally watch in the privacy of your own home, possibly in your bedroom, you decide to watch, surrounded not only by strangers, but a few of your friends? That's kind of like what this was. <laughs> Welcome to wherever you are. I'm Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. This is the third TIFF Dispatch, Wicked Little Town, uh, capturing the goings-on of the Toronto International Film Festival, the 40th annual Toronto International Film Festival, happening right now in my hometown of Toronto, Canada. I'm sitting here in the slightly noisy lobby of the Tiff Bell Lightbox as our film gets out and other films get in. And I'm joined uh, by, by good friends, longtime Tiff goer, uh, several time uh, guest of this show, Courtney Small. How are you, man? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I uh, I kind of feel like we've been bonding this week. I've seen you like most of all. Oh, really? Yeah, I ha- I've seen like next to nobody. That's, um, that's strange because, like, I mean, we. We haven't had that many together, which All means like okay. you've been really... So, so it's a one-way really street, been, that's fine. Okay. No, no, but it's like you've been really spread out. Yeah. I think that's probably why. And like, we've seen some of the similar stuff, but at different screenings, right? There's that, so. well, there's that but I mean, like, at the same screening, I oh, haven't okay. had all that many. It's, I, you know, I've seen I've seen two with Lindsay, I've seen two with Bob. I've got more than two with anybody, except you. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I have seen you the most. Yeah, so, so you yeah. know, it's kind of nice. We, we've talked before about how, like, in 2001, we were at... The exact same screenings on September 11th. Yes. We did not know each other then. Yes, same you know, line, same experience. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, how's, how's your whole week been? Like, I, I haven't... We'll talk about what we just saw in a second, but I'm this year I'm kind of interested in just kind of talking about everybody's week and everybody's experience. How, how's your tip uh, been? This tip has been very good so far. Um, I'm up to 25 films okay. in total, okay. and majority of them have been either... You know, solid or very good. You know, the odd excellent. Okay. You know, and then one or two that I'll probably forget by the end of the week. But <laughs> overall, I, I can't complain. Like, it's been a good mix of films. Okay. There's been a lot of stuff that has surprised me. Things really? that I didn't expect I would like. What surprised you? Um, Room surprised me. Really? Uh, that was one that I heard a lot of people buzzing about. I didn't read the book, didn't really know much about the story, and I was surprised how much it hit me on an emotional level. Okay. Um, I really liked the Ethiopian film Price of Love. What's that about? Uh, traditional story, cab driver falls in love with a prostitute who's trying to evade a pimp. That's a, that's a traditional story. <laughs> in my cinematic viewing, that's, yes, a, yes. that's a very common Tale story. Tale as old as time. Right? Very, very low budget Ethiopian film. Okay. I'm talking like, there's scenes where the main actors nearly get sideswiped while on a scooter. Things fall down. You can see the actors suddenly trying to put it back up and hope that no one notices. But there's something about that film that I just find downright charming. Okay. And there's also um, a message about the life in Ethiopia for a lot of women okay. and how prostitution is pretty much like a way of life that a lot of them have to choose. Yeah. You know. So that was interesting. Again, really low budget. But there's something about that I was smiling even through like some of the darker moments and some of the flaws. I don't think I've ever seen a film from Ethiopia. That was part of the reason I, I picked it. Okay. You, you, you want to oh, you know what? I might do that next year. Like I think about the way I choose my films and I have countries I hit. Like I try to see an Italian film, I try to yeah. see uh, a Spanish film, you know, I like I obviously try to see a Canadian film. Yeah. But I've never thought about it of, oh, I've never seen a film from this country, I should do that. 
So I, should, I think I'm gonna give that a try. Yeah, it's um, my way for picking is I usually try and hit one from every program. Okay. Uh, when possible, and even even uh, wavelengths. This year I did two wavelengths ones. Okay, so we should tell people who have never been to TIFF what wavelengths is. This is a, a program. It's basically installation art. It's they generally tend to be short films. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. Recently, they've had a lot of features. Oh, okay. Like. Um, Although I haven't seen it yet, but Leviathan, the one with the on the boat, right? That version was yeah. a wavelength. Okay, feature. and it mostly focuses on color and form and sound, and it's not, generally speaking, is not a narrative. Even if it is a feature length, it generally does not tend to be a narrative film. So they're very arty. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They're very heady, and for my money, this like they. I, I put it out there the other day when there was a bunch of us sitting around. I think I mean to be put it to you. I said if they took the wavelength films and they presented them in the gallery space across the lobby here, I would probably take the gaps that I had in between screenings and go hang out and watch each one through the course of the week. But yeah. sitting me in a theater and making me do it, I, I can't. I can't. I, and I know a lot of people yeah. who are like, ah, you know. I think it all depends on the structure. Like the. The one official wavelengths when I saw, excuse me, forgot, was all about urban landscapes and the developments and stuff. So there's a lot of long pans, just looking at roads and buildings and architecture that I could understand as an installation. The unofficial one was in the Vanguard category, okay. and it was a Canadian film called Endorphin. Okay. Um, that was directed by Andre Turpin, who most people would know as a cinematographer for. Mommy, okay. um, a couple of Denny Bill News films. Right. So this was him doing a narrative, loosey goosey dream world thing, and it's really a wavelength film. Okay. I know they put it in Vanguard maybe because of like the look and there's a bit of edge, but that is wavelengths through and through. I don't know. See, I again, like I, I feel like I'm, I am letting down the the art history part of myself <laughs> that you know that that, that learned about this stuff growing up. But I just this week I just I can't I'm I'm on I'm on fumes as it is. Like yesterday we saw Victoria, which was a great film, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a second. But I took a few long blinks in that movie, you know, and that's yeah. a movie that, that's moving along. You give me something where it's just colors or just streetscapes or something like that, it's gonna be a fight. Yeah, but I mean it also depends on like what time of day yeah. you, you see it. I find the later ones like you saw um, Cemetery of Splendor, yeah. right? Very and, late at night. And that's what I wanna see, but I couldn't finish my schedule, and I saw that they were showing it really late. I'm like, I know nope. that director. Yeah. I, I liked Uncle Bunway's um, film, but I know that that one will probably put me to sleep, depending on if the pacing is the same. Yeah. Right? So. Um, now, we <laughs> we just came out of Gaspar Noé's Love, um, which... It's, a, it's the story of a couple. It's the story of a young couple uh, told in a broken narrative. We, off the top, we learn that they are no longer and that he's trying to, like, catch up with her somehow. Like, she's just ghosted on him. Yeah. And that now he is the father of a child of another woman who we learn, like, how he they first got introduced. And Gaspar Noé is a controversial filmmaker. Like, people either love his work or they hate his work. Uh, he is not an easy pill to swallow. Uh, you know, with films like Irreversible and Into the Void specifically. And I don't, you know, like, we were just saying, like, what do we think of this movie? And I genuinely don't know. 
Like there were there were moments in that movie which were stunning. There were moments yeah. in that movie which were really really beautiful. There were also moments in that film which were really really ugly and made me want to leave. But yeah. I you know I, I I don't know. Like like did you is your brain wrapped even partway around that movie yet? It, it is ultimately. I like the film. Um, I think it doesn't need to be 215. 210. 210. Still over two. Like, it could have been cut. I'd say a good 20 minutes of it could have been cut. Sure. Um, It's one of those films, and I feel like I said this with all of his films, I enjoy, but I don't think I could recommend to a lot of people. Like, you you have to really be in it, because as weird as it is to say, there's almost too much sex in a film about love and sex yeah you know like, there's a lot of sex in that movie because the, there's really the plot itself is pretty thin and it gets to a point where their whole relationship almost becomes communication through sex yeah alright so after a while they're, they're either yelling or they're stripping there's not a whole yeah, lot of exactly. or they're whispering there's the, the, you know they're, they're either there's like four levels they're like they're, they're talking they're canoodling they're stripping or they're yelling mm-hmm. that's it yeah and it's, it's tough to to carry that over for two hours and ten minutes and yeah. still keep the audience engaged. Like I know the guy beside me was bored. I could just hear him kind of rustling and and whatnot. But it's I don't know. It's an interesting film. It's beautiful to look at. Yeah. The main character is not a likable guy. No. He he's the quintessential ugly American that goes to the foreign land and. Well, he's the dude that makes you hate to be a dude. Like, I, I was never... I, I yeah. can't remember the last time I really hated men as much as I hated it in this movie. Well, Specifically when he starts yelling. Yeah, but for me, that's been, like, one of the themes this week. Really? Yeah. How so? Like, where, I, where, I've where seen else did that come up? a lot of male genitalia this week. <laughs> <laughs> in that, films, that too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Qualify that a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, where else does that come up? Um, Chevalier is all about... And, and that's a great film about... Greek men on a boat, basically trying to see who is the best of, you know, of everything. Okay. Who's basically the best man. Yeah. And they go into a series of competitions where they critique everything. How a person speaks, how they walk, their physical abilities, how they sleep at night. Do they sleep in underwear? Is the underwear nice? So it's a deconstruction of the male ego. And there's a scene in there where one of the characters late at night gets this as he calls it, a powerful erection, and is trying to wake up everyone so that, you know, they can give him top marks for his erection, right? <laughs> we saw um, Anomalisa. Yeah. Ma- puppet male genitalia. Puppet male genitalia. Uh, one of the short films I saw didn't have genitalia, but again, was all about the male ego, and, you know, men aren't looking good on film this year. See, now, when you go back to the office on Monday, and they ask you what you saw, you're not going to talk about that stuff. Probably not. Or, you know, like, but, but they won't. They won't even really. When they ask about, well, what did you see? They really want to hear who did you who see. Who did you see? Yeah. Right? They want to see. You know, did you see The Martian? Did you see? They'll name off a whole bunch of big titles. Yeah. And I'll say either yay or nay, and then they'll ask anyone famous. And that's it. Do your office mates just kind of like ask to be like to be polite and then shuffle off? Like, do your office mates get it? They're generally interested, but I think when they ask the question, they want to hear more of the big stuff that they know they're going to see at the the multiplex right, right? something like Chevalier they're not going to they're not going to seek out you yeah. know even if it's on Netflix and I say hey remember that film they're yeah. probably not going to see it so you'll tell them more about stuff like The Martian I'll tell them about Martian I'll tell them see Spotlight because uh, I think that's a damn fine film uh, Sicario so you know the bigger titles that I know they'll see I said you know like 
what what makes my whole like what makes the, the office life fun is once in a while I'll find the person who will like take my recommendations mm-hmm. the person who I'm like oh you're a project okay let's go a little deeper you know like yeah. I, I don't throw them into Chevalier but I'll throw them into something that's just a little edgier a little artier like I'll kind of see where I can steer them not like the guy in this movie who is all aghast that his girlfriend has never seen 2001 yeah and you know basically like smacks her down I, I've like long since stopped doing that mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I might do that jokingly with like somebody new but yeah it was that, and it was another one of those moments where it's like dude don't be a dick yeah. she's never seen that Kubrick film like say hey I'd like to show it to you that's an opportunity man you know and this is the same guy who you know thinks it's good for the relationship to take the girlfriend to a sex club when they're having problems and then <laughs> has no problem sleeping with another woman there but gets a little jealous and upset when he sees his wife getting uh, or girlfriend yeah. you know, getting a little friendly with a, another gentleman like it's yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I don't generally talk during movies, but when the sex club is getting recommended to this guy, I audibly said to you, there's no way this goes well. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know? you, guess you knew from you the You knew right there. They're talking, yeah, you should take your girl. No, no, you shouldn't. But even how um, Gaspar Noe frames some of those moments, like the, the woman that he ends up having the kid with, yeah. There's that great scene when they're all in the club and they're dancing and she's in the background but she's right in the middle. Yeah. You know, she's dancing in the middle and they're always separate. Even when they come together a bit, she's still in the background showing that, you know, this is going to be the big divide that happens and yeah. you know, I would have loved to see a little more of her story, but it's yeah. not really about her. Yeah. Um do you have like do you have a favorite of the week so far, would you say? Uh it's a tough one. I would say Annalisa is probably my favorite. Uh, Spotlight is up there for sure. That one surprised me. I thought it was going to be, you know, just a kind of standard film. Yeah, and also yeah. after the Cobbler last year, right? I was, I'm, I'm I was really I'm low. Still wearing, but yeah. this McCarthy is back with this one. Yeah. Um, Victoria was solid. Sicario was yeah. great, uh, and that's one that I would recommend to a lot of people. But I don't think a lot of people will go see it. Sicario? Yeah. Really? I, th- I, I thought know. that's an easy layup. I don't know because I think it's it's the, the part of traffic that I don't think a lot of people really want to delve into. Okay, right? it's not the kind of feel good war on drugs movie that we're we're kind of used to. America, right. rah, rah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, this is the dirty, nitty gritty Mexico yeah. mess. You yeah. know, but I think it's a, a tight thriller. But I'm yeah, I'm with you. You know, it would be interesting to see how that plays. Now. The year, the the screenings that we were talking about before, the the ones in two thousand one, was that your first year doing TIFF? Yes. Okay. So, have you noticed that, that would make for both of us? That would make this our fourteenth festival. No, this is my thirteenth. Sorry. Oh, 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 you took a few years off. I took uh, I think two thousand and seven off just because financially I could not do it. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Have, are you noticing a difference as the time goes on in terms of how you soak up these films, like specifically? like your energy level or your cynicism or just the amount of energy that you have to put into it are you, are you like basically I'm asking are we getting older oh we're getting older <laughs> but I'm I'm completely fine with that like I I don't try and do the you know 32 35 films anymore okay I, you know if I have a three film day during tip that's a lot you know okay. and I actually enjoy having the space of seeing like maybe two a day and a good space to kind of sit back and think about it and plus coming in from the burbs you know that's like a good additional two hour travel time yeah each way right well were you always coming in from the burbs uh yeah i was coming in from the east end 
and now I'm coming in from the, the west, west side, end, right? Okay. So it's just because I like I you know that's a good point because I knew I do know the first few years I did it, um, not the very first year, but every year after that. Um, you know, I, I had a place to crash at like Young and College, mm-hmm. so that was super handy. Like yeah. I could walk out of the Ryerson, and walk for five minutes and have a nap. And then I moved up to Young and Bloor, which was still handy. You know, like ten minutes up the line and everything's yeah. okay. Now because I'm more uptown Toronto, it's I gotta have like three whole hours in between stuff to even consider going home mm-hmm. and that is making my days a little longer like I'll, I'll yeah. find a coffee shop and write or I'll just putter around downtown and that's adding on as much stuff as if I was just like seeing movie after movie after movie no it's true like when I'm when I'm down here like this morning I was down here around 9 o'clock and then you know it's almost 9pm and yeah. like when I'm down here, here because of you know, parking and everything. It's like I'm down here for the day, yeah. no matter no matter what. That's I, why you gave me that look when I was like, "Do you want to record something?" You're like, "Yeah." No, it's just <laughs> I didn't know if I had the energy, but I, I'm good. That film kind of wakes you up. So that film wakes you yeah. up. Okay, sure. And I think also in terms of getting older, my my tastes have changed. Oh yeah. Like in 2001, I was the naive tiff goer who I had. I think I did like a day pass, and I'm like, I'm gonna see stars galore. So I I remember getting. Pretty much outside of like the son's room and maybe in the bedroom, a lot of big, big titles. Right. And then I had like the odd Tosca and you know the random. And this year now, I look at it and I'm not really that fussy about what I what I see. Okay. Um, I've had a good crop of films, but part of that is just kind of luck in terms of timing. And even when I was doing my selection, like my Tiffar shortlist was like 120 some odd films. And I was like, if I don't get into this, I'll see this. Like, I was, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, you had a lot more to pull from. Yeah, and I'm more open now to, like, seeing something from Ethiopia or... I saw an Indian film this morning. Like, yeah. I just... I'm more about just experiencing different yeah. stuff opposed to trying to get, you know, what everyone's buzzing about. I'm enjoying the balance a little bit more. Like, I, I'm still enjoying the... I like a three-film day. Three-film day is really good yeah. for me. Um, but I'm also enjoying having a late start or an early finish like last night I I, you know last night I fixed some pasta and ate on my couch and it was wonderful you know this morning I, I, I didn't have to leave my house today until like 1.30 oh, it was amazing I slept like I, I bolted upright at like 8 o'clock going am I supposed to be somewhere yeah. and it was no no I don't have a screen until this afternoon uh, it, it was awesome and I think that's the thing that I, I think I've learned the most this year is going forward I may look at my day a little bit harder. I might yeah. say to myself, you know, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna start a day until after one, or I'm gonna end a day by seven or something like that. You know, something like that. Just because, you know, it's, it's, it sounds dumb, but recovery time is a little bit longer. No, you know? it's, it's and, important. And, and doing this kind of stuff, like doing the podcast and doing that. I want to have time for those kinds of things as well, and not just feel rushed. So yeah, doing like four a day every day, as much fun as that sounds, I I don't know that I still have that in me. Yeah. And I think when you're doing slightly less, but at least for me, it, it, it forces me to diversify a lot more because oh, yeah. you think when you have more um, more, you're seeing more films, you've got more options, but you tend to squeeze in more of the stuff that you're comfortable with. Okay. At least I find, and then the you know the stuff that's a little more experimental or different, 
Like if I was doing multiple films, I might have done not have done one from prime time this year. Right. Whereas this year, you know, I'm doing limited numbers. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go see one of those prime time shows. Yeah, yeah. And I made sure that. Which one did you choose? I chose the so Argentinian we, on, one. We should tell people. TIFF this year has actually started including television as yes. part of their program, specifically like pilot episodes, uh, generally speaking, or like single episodes, uh, but to present them in a theatrical environment because the, the artistic lines of television and film is blurring. So, okay, and, and to this end, like there was a conversation with Matthew Weiner from Mad Men, like he did a whole, he actually did an episode commentary, okay. like a live commentary, uh, which was a really interesting night. Uh, the New Heroes had its premiere, premiere here, yeah. um, and, and, and other shows from around the world are showing here as well. So that you're saying the one you saw was from Argentina? Yeah, it was a, a show called uh, Chromo, it's an environmental thriller, okay. mystery thriller, and part of the reason I wanted to see it is there's some, some of the shows in the prime time, they'll only show, let's say, one episode. Or they might show two. This one, they showed three. So okay. they showed the first two episodes, and then they jumped to episode eight. Ah. So I was curious to see, how are you going to do that and still keep the, the plot thread make sense? Okay. And they pulled it off. Really? Uh, because the first two episodes kind of set up the, the central mystery. You kind of get an idea of you know what's going on, who the villains might be. But it's really focused on the three central characters. And when you jump to episode eight, episode eight is again another character-centric um, part. Right. So to get to episode eight, after episode two, they showed you a trailer huh. that covers three through seven. Okay. Which hits all the key plot points without divulging too much. Huh. So you know how the other story threads are kind of gonna play out, or at least you have an idea of what's happening. Yeah. But the central, you know, character development amongst these three main people gets expanded on in eight. See, I guess the thing, though, is that now, are you going to be able to watch that show? Yes, because it's a 12-episode um, series, and I'm interested to see, A, how it ends. But how are we going to be able to see that show? Well, I'm assuming if it gets picked up, it'll be hopefully on, like, um, cable or... most. I assume most likely it'll be, like, a Netflix or streaming But it's service. from Argentina in Spanish, isn't it? Yeah, but Netflix has tons of shows that are... Do they? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, gotta, I gotta dig deeper. Yeah, there's tons of... Um, I noticed they have a couple of Spanish stuff on, on now, so... Okay. Um, I, don't, I can't remember if it's the Canadian one or, or the American, but okay. they're they're expanding their, their TV from just all around the world, so okay. I have a feeling that's going to be the future, and I think... I was a little skeptical at primetime at first, but I think it is an actual good idea, because they have shown, like... A full, complete miniseries here before. Yeah. Right? But since TV is becoming so important, people are watching more television than movies, you might as well highlight the best of it, you know, the like, ones that feel cinematic at times. I mean, like, Sundance showed the complete Top of the Lake. Yes. You know, so, like, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I can totally see playing here, that kind of thing, you know, like an eight hour or six hour yeah. show. Um, well, I've been ending off with these little uh, postcards that I've been doing with what I'm calling Milk and Cookies, which is. Just an experience that you had this week. It could have been like something you did, like not you know watching a film or some food you ate or somebody nice that you talked to or anything like that. That's just kind of something something neat that happened in this week uh, that that was that, that you kind of want to share. That just kind of put a nice little smile on your day or a spring in your step. That kind of thing. Can you think of anything like that this week? Any? Uh, uh, I don't know. I I guess this is the first year that I've I've done the voucher system. For a few of the the P and I oh, yeah, screenings, okay. Okay. and 
I've had no problems with that. Really? I, I've heard horror stories and like, you know, but I guess everything has worked out very well. Because to, to, to tell people who may not know, the P&I uh, screenings, they're not, you don't get your tickets in advance. you got to go and queue up. Yeah. And generally speaking, everybody gets in. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, something will you know, be like over, not oversold, but like overbooked. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I know a few years ago in the past, they actually sold those. So it really caused a bit of a kerfuffle. But your, so your experience with going that route was actually really easy? Yeah, it was... Like, I normally get to most films an hour early anyway. Yeah, yeah. So instead of, instead of standing in the regular ticket holder line, I'm just standing in the rush line. And maybe because I was going to the theaters that had bigger seating room, there was, like, no no problems. Like, the only reason I saw room yeah. was because I got out of Spotlight, and I was like, well, I'm already at this theater, and I know it's playing next, so let me just hop on. And so I hopped back in line, and there was, like, no no problems, right? It was It's, you know... I still got my regular ticket package, but the, the five vouchers that I got, yeah. I used at least three or four of them for like big titles that I was just going to hold off on seeing. Right. And then, you know, one on a foreign film. That's pretty good. So um, I, I actually haven't answered my own question yet, despite this being my third episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing I will say, because you're here, is uh, on Sunday afternoon when you, myself, and Jess Rogers got to watch uh, Five Nights oh, at Maine. Oh, Five Nights yes. And it was just because you two are people who I've been talking to for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And anytime I can get kind of certain combinations in the theater together, like, you know, I took, yeah. took a selfie of us on my phone, that to me is, is really, really cool because these are relationships that have been going on for years that in many respects have turned like very much into personal friendships and not just, you know, we're geeks in common. And you don't always know, like, I think you went, like, you and Dion went for lunch with Jess and Alexa uh, oh, for breakfast. No, no, we, we had, we watched, uh, my wife and I saw Deepon on yeah. Saturday morning, and Jess was lining up for the Martian, her and Alexa, so we just walked over and kind of hung out with them in line okay. for a bit, just Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were for food. But it's yeah. that kind of thing, like, the people, the, when I can get, like, the combinations of people who I've known for a long time yep. together, that's, that, to me, that's really, really cool and really special because... Lord knows how long, you know, it's, it's kind of like an annual thing in that. And if I could add on a second, you know, part B sure. to that, the just meeting some of the out-of-town folks that I hadn't, like, you know, got to meet Shane from uh, Film Ashley for the first time, that was great, and finally got the chance to talk to Max and his wife yeah. this year. Even though I knew they were here last year, I didn't really get to, like, interact and get personality into it. It's great when you, you're meeting all these people and... They're all just really cool. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone likes movies. Everyone respects everyone's different tastes. But at the end of the day, they're all just average people. You Which know. you don't know. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, you know, we there have been times where I've reached out to somebody who seems all right online. online and, like, you, you meet them in person and you're like, uh, you know, you're a little awkward or you're a little over whatever. So, you know, when you meet out somewhere and you're like, yeah, you know, I'd have you over to my place for yeah, dinner. Exactly. It is really, really cool. Well, thanks for sitting down with me, dude. Um, this is still, uh, this today is day eight. There's a whole weekend left to go. Day eight. I know, gosh. I know. There's a whole, like, three whole days worth of film to go. Um, for me, I still got a lot of uh, stuff to look forward to. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, I think I think we're in the same one tomorrow as well. The, Probably the witch. Yeah, yeah, okay. we're in. Yeah, we're in that together. So I'll see you there. Um, but there will be at least one more of these, maybe two, if uh, if I can squeeze them in. Um, you can find more at thematinee.ca. Uh, plug your work before I go on too far, where people can find where where you're covering the festival. Oh, um, at cinemaaccess.com and 
I've been tweeting a little bit at, at Small Mind. But cool. Cinema Access has got a bunch of reviews, and there'll probably be some more when this goes up. Uh, and is it's just you and Jess writing at Cinema Access, or do you have anybody else contributing? Uh, Daniel Lackey has uh, contributed, I think, four reviews. Nice. For, for I don't think I've met one. this person. He's uh, based in Chicago. Oh, okay. Based in Chicago. Is he still in town? No, he didn't come in town. We had some... Oh, you sent uh, some screeners. Screener good, links. good man. Yes. That's a smart man. Um, well, there we go. Check out Cinema Access. Just in general, check out Cinema Access, because you do good stuff there. You're, you're the kind of... You're, you're, you're my brand. We do, we do <laughs> random film stuff. It's, love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, and while you're at it, check out the matinee.ca for more uh, TIFF coverage. Um, lots of content still to come. Uh, at least one more dispatch. You can find me on Twitter where I'm at matinee underscore CA or facebook.com slash start matinee. Uh, but for now, for Courtney Small, I'm Ryan McNeil. We'll see you at the matinee and at TIFF. Thank you.